It's like I've actually had a, a I'm having a lot of arm pain now too, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what's worse. I'm like, it, why do you use every muscle for everything that's hurt? It doesn't matter what it is. It could be because you don't even realize. Like, why do I use my thumb for so many things? Yeah, yeah. That's like I had carpal tunnel really bad when I was pregnant with Jesse, and mm. I never realized. Like it's like yeah. when you hurt your wrist, you're like, yeah, then you my wrist for everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, the picking okay, up of anything. Carpal tunnel too. And then it came back. Like, why does it be right, right arm? Why can't it be my left arm? I get t- a couple ton from being on my phone too much. <laughs> admitting that. That is so Kardashian of you. I know that happened to Kim, guys, but I'm taking too many selfies. So I'm right oh, up. Hilarious. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation. Hello, everyone. Thank you for taking a seat at the table. Today, we are continuing our This Is Us series, and I am interviewing Kim McIsaac today. So we're going to learn all about Kimmy. Joining me at the table today is Rachel Flanagan. Oh, hey, everyone. Tabitha Cabrera. Hello. Jamie Ramos. Hello. And our guest for the day, Kim McIsaac. Hi there. And I'm Jen Dunn. So welcome back, everyone. We are excited. I love this series. It's so fun. Kimmy, could you tell our listeners where they can find you at and a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, My name is Kim McIsaac. I live in Massachusetts with my husband. I have three children that live in the house with me, and I have a son who is on his own now. I run a daycare. I write a lot about my daughter, Alyssa, who is nonverbal on the severe side of the spectrum, um, 27 years old. And my page is called Autism Adventures with Alyssa. I also have an Instagram page with the same name. Um, and we do also have a website online, although I don't post there as frequently. But again, same name, Autism Adventures with Alyssa. So, Kimmy, are you ready for the questions? Partially ready. All right. What is your favorite place on earth outside of being with kids and family? Um, my favorite place would probably be, I would say, the ocean. I've always loved the ocean. It always brings a sense of calm to me, to my mind, my soul. There's just something about the sounds. I don't know. I always lived near the ocean. So it's just something about the ocean. Besides that, I would say we have a pond very close to us. Not quite the ocean, but we spent lots and lots and lots of summers there with the kids because with Alyssa, we couldn't go to the beach. It was just too hard. And the pond is just filled with like really great memories for me. So like both of those places just bring me like a sense of peace. That's amazing. I think of the beach and I think of sand and that makes me not happy. Where well, there's parts of the beach that have pavement, Jen. So, you, you know, you can so get I around. That. that would be good. <laughs> what is something people would never guess just by looking at you? I think that they would never guess how mental I am. <laughs> <laughs> They certainly would not guess the amount of personalities that I have going on at any given time. Um, A lot of people, you know, will tell me, they'll be like, oh, you look so calm. You look so confident. And I can be a little controlling. I can be a little neurotic. I do have a lot of anxiety, but I have learned to mask it very well over the years. And then when you get to know me, watch out. All bets are off. All bets are off. Some good, some bad. Hit you with her hat. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back on your life, who or what instantly makes you light up? That would, of course, be my children and my husband. They are my life. I've been with my husband since I've been 16, so more than half my life. 
I had my first child when I was 17. So they've really been just a core part of my life since I've, you know, been a teenager. So yeah, that would be them. Kind of all grew up together. Mm-hmm. Really sense, yeah. Your babies. And definitely me and Neil. Definitely. I mean, we definitely grew up together. Like went through a lot, all the stages. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. If you could rekindle a passion with an old hobby, what would it be? And what would, did you miss about it? I would probably say reading. I used to be a huge reader. I used to love to read. I used to read over watching a TV show or a movie, which seems wild to even think about now. Um, I struggle a lot with reading now because I just don't have the time. I don't have the attention span. I'm just so freaking tired. So if I start to read a book, like I just, it makes me tired. So it is something, you know, that I really have gotten away from. And I, I mean, I think the only book I've read in the past few years, honestly, is Forever Boy, Kate's book. And that's because um, it got sent to me before it was published. <laughs> so I, I don't, you know, I don't know if I would even have gotten through. No, I probably would have gotten through that. But like, I just, and I have other books that I've tried to stop, but I just can't, I just can't do it. I did read one little like trashy romance novel that popped up on my phone <laughs> not that long ago. So I don't know. That's something I would like to be able to get back into. It's not that I don't have the time. It's just, I don't just have the time and the energy. And then I'm not really thinking about it at the same, at the same time. So, you know, the phone just takes up so much of your mental energy too. Like, so it's just, that's something I would, I would like to get back to. That's awesome. I mean, it's not like really something that's like great fun or people. But like <laughs> when I we used to go to my aunt's house when I was younger, I used to like go right from my cousin's room and like find a book. She had like all these books and they, all the kids thought I was like weird. They're like, why is she sitting in the room reading? But I just loved to read, you know? I love that. It's so cool to be able to escape into another story. Yeah. Yes. Kimmy, what does your best day look like? What are you wearing? Where are you going? Who are you with? What do you do? Hmm. I feel like my best day, I just don't even get out of bed. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm really thinking it really depends on which personality we're talking about. It really depends on where I am with my mental health. Like sometimes <laughs> my best day would just to be stay home in comfy clothes. Neil cooks me a good meal and we watch we watch a movie or you know we're in a tv show other times I want to be out of the house and I want to be somewhere where the sun is shining I love the sun like that is one of the best things for my mental health that really improves it so much and just being out also probably centered around eating somewhere and just being with my family like whether it's the beach or we're on a vacation somewhere always kind of wear the same clothes so I'm not going to be wearing anything spiffy I'm going to be comfortable I'm going to be in sneakers I'm kind of boring to be honest. Those sneakers are spiffy. So let's not de-spiff those sneaks. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah. That sounds amazing, Kimmy. What is your favorite childhood memory? So I would have to say two things come to mind. One thing is, so my dad used to have two weeks off every July and my mom would drive us to the beach. We'd go to Castle Island, which is a like kind of a popular destination in in Boston now, but she would drop us off at the beach at 7am and she would go off to work and she would come back at six and pick us up. So we would spend every day, all day. I mean, looking back, not good. We would just run amok all through the, all through the whole place. <laughs> we'd we'd go to we'd go to sleep my dad would have an air mattress would go back to sleep for a little while me and my sister would just run run amok we'd be in and out of the water I mean my father was sometimes watching us sometimes he was napping and then my mom would come get us at the end of the day and they have a, a food place called Sullivan's which to this day I, I try to go once a year because it's just so nostalgic for me where 
Um, and it's so cheap. Anybody who lives in this area, go to Castle Island. They have the best hot dogs you'll ever eat. We always go, I always got a hot dog and a hamburger and they had those crinkly fries to die for. Yeah, it's just, it's just a nice memory. And when we started to get, we didn't really vacation very much when I was younger. We just didn't have a lot of money and, you know, the beach was kind of what it was. Once in a while, we'd go to a amusement park, but we used to go up to the White Mountains. We did it one year. We went to the King and Mingus Highway and we got this like hotel motel. It was more of a motel. It had like a, a pool with a water slide going into it, which we thought was the best thing ever. They had like this place called Clark's where like, it's like they do like a little show at beers and the beers are like dancing and it's like it's just really cute very new hampshire type of thing um and you just up in the white mountains and of course i didn't really appreciate then how beautiful and like peaceful that is but that's also something i love doing now i try to do once at least once a year if not more because it is just again it's like partly i think it's nostalgic because it's just that feeling you get when you see them in the mountains it just it unplugs you for, I mean, it does because there's no service. So you literally are unplugged, <laughs> which is a good thing sometimes, you know, I think we need that sometimes. And then it's just remember driving up there every year. And now I have memories of my own kids doing it. So, you know, I would say those are like my two, you know, biggest things from my childhood. That's awesome, Kimmy. You had me, at, you changed my thoughts on the beach when you said hot dogs and hamburgers. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> see, I could do that kind of beach. <laughs> On to the next one. Kimmy, if you could meet anyone in the world, dead or alive, who would it be? So I have a little twist on my answer to this question because I really thought about this and there's really no one person that I would like to meet, honestly. Like I'd probably be excited if I bumped into certain pe like, people on the street, like, oh my God, that's so-and-so, but there's no one that I really am that excited thinking about it. My wish would more be like, if I could just go and relive a day in the past where my mom was alive, my dad was alive, Neil's mom was alive. Love that, Kimmy. When all my children were born, and just really be able to like know, like be able to really tell my parents how much I love them, be able to really understand and appreciate all the things that you know they've done for us, and of course to give all my little babies one little snuggle, being you know whatever ages they they were for them all to be able to be there. That would probably be when I was twenty six, I guess. So I know it's a little not exactly what the question that was asked, but that's kind of I love it. But that's your that. answer. And that's amazing. Yeah, don't ask me just to pick one thing, guys. Okay. <laughs> Too many options. I can't even decide what I want to eat. So. <laughs> Kimmy, what was the happiest day of your life? So, I mean, of course, having each one of my children was a very, very special moment, but I would probably pick my wedding day, not just because I married the love of my life in, you know, we were already essentially married before we got married. We were already living together. We already had two children. I was pregnant with Kara. But my little girl was able to walk down the aisle, something we never thought would happen, never thought in through flowers, never thought that would happen. She was able to be there for our wedding. She clapped for us. She yelled for us, like was happy, like almost as if she kind of understood in some way. And that was a huge thing. I really wanted both of my children to be able to be a part of my wedding in some way, whatever way that would be. I really wanted Alyssa to be there for the pitches, which seems kind of trivial now, but like you know, at the time that was so, so important to me. Um, it was one of Neil's mother's happiest days of her life. I know I spoke about before how she got diagnosed with cancer, stage four pancreas cancer at 48 years old and they gave her six months to live. So we were immediately like, okay, we're getting married. You know, she had four children and hadn't seen a wedding yet. So we rushed and we planned a big wedding. You know, that was in April and we, our wedding was in October and it was literally by the seat of our pants, by hook, 
by crook that we like pulled it all together, like financially and in every other way. And she was just so happy. She was radiant. I know they always talk about the bride being happy and radiant, but for me, it was her seeing her so happy, seeing her dance with Neil. Like it was just, you know, and it also is now a memory where I have with my mom, my dad, his mom, and then Kara was cooking in the oven. So, <laughs> so I think there was three a- out of four were there. Yes, the, uh, and Kara and Lexi always fight about this. How Kara goes, well, technically, I was at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going not wrong. It. Yeah, <laughs> and Lexi's like, that doesn't count. So yeah, so I think for all of those reasons, not just it being my wedding day, but for all of those other things that were kind of like going on at the time. What is your biggest insecurity? Um, probably one of my biggest insecurities would be my weight. Um, and I think that that has in itself called uh, caused other insecurities but it's like again with my multiple personalities I know I make a joke about this but like really it's like one day I don't care about my weight and I don't care about the way I look and I'm fine with it another day it causes me great stress and great discomfort and it makes me you know question things so it's just funny how I just it's like at different times I think I have different securities about different things like obviously yes I think I'm a great mom I'm not gonna lie I do but sometimes I feel like I could be a better mom. Like, was I enough for all four of them? Was I able to give all four of them what they need? And I feel like I wasn't, but I don't know if there's anything necessarily that I could do, could have done to change that unless I could like have hired nannies, housekeepers, chauffeurs, <laughs> therapists. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just a hard thing. I feel like with that kind of guilt kicks in, in with that. And I don't know, that feeling of like, you just don't give enough to everybody. And it's hard. It's hard when there's so many people to give it to. So like that, so those like, you know what I mean? So that's like a more deeper insecurity. I feel like my weight and my uncomfortableness with the way I look is more like a, a more on the surface insecurity, if that makes sense. Um, it does carry over obviously to other things, but you know, just not feeling like, you know, I'm just this person that sometimes takes on more than And intellectually, I know that, like I, you know, I take on things that really aren't my responsibility and that really aren't my, you know, my doing, but it's like, I still in my head, like take those things on. So like that, I think causes that feeling of not being able to do enough because I mean, I'm not God. (laughs) CDC, you got a lot going on over there. You're you're pretty damn close. And I do deflect with my humor, my dad humor a lot, so. (laughs) <laughs> but no, really, like that, that's probably, you know, that's probably one of, you know, one of the, my biggest ones. Uh, how do you know when you can trust someone? Very rarely trust anybody. I think like my instincts are usually very good when it comes to trusting people, but I do not trust easily. It takes, I have very, very few people in my inner circle and it takes a lot for me to let you, let you in a lot. I don't, and even when I trust people, a lot of people that I trust, I don't trust at a hundred percent. Like I might trust them with this portion of things but maybe not the full thing like I very really trust people with my kids like you know um I really I don't know if it's just the way I grew up where I grew up my husband's the same way so like we definitely like feed that off of each other I think sometimes like my kids are so trusting and I'm just like oh my god like no (laughs) you know but I think you compartmentalize that trust right trust for this trust for that 
Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And it, and it takes, it takes a lot for me to really be able to trust somebody. And if I do trust somebody and they burn me, then that just makes it like all the much harder for the next person to, to get in a very small, very small circle of, of people that I just fully trust. Cause I, I just don't trust people. Well, thank you for trusting us. I'm going to assume we're not this. Like, let's, we carry, know. let's carry on from that. Maybe you are. Maybe you are. Oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm going to need this list. Yeah, the, <laughs> the list. Kimmy, how do you move through big feelings? Again, it really depends what those feelings are. So I feel like for anger, I'm more reactive. I, I'm a yeller. So I ha- yell, I rant, I vent. I have learned to like kind of count to 10 before I react most of the time, not all the time. Sometimes I can be very impulsive and I can just, especially when it comes to my kids and stuff like that. But I have learned to like try to take a step back and just kind of like look at the situation from a different perspective sadness I really just internalize that like I really just it's not that I shut down necessarily but I just bring it all in so like you wouldn't necessarily know unless you knew me really really well like if I was feeling that because I really just I'll just more be quiet than anything else of course that's your first thing that like something might not be (laughs) if I'm quiet it's like "Hmm, that's weird (laughs) um but yeah so I feel like it just really depends on what feelings they are you know certain ones I internalize and then other ones I externalize but if I'm mad and I'm quiet that's when you should just get away get away running start running (laughs) change your address (laughs) if I'm yelling you're relatively safe (laughs) find a tree area to hide out in (laughs) tree Kimmy would you rather live one day longer than your child with additional needs or have access to the dream team and re- and placement for them. So I'm just going to have to say this because I'm a superstitious person that when I'm answering this question, I'm answering it as things are happening when they're supposed to happen, not like in two years. I would rather live one day longer than my child. I would not trust a dream team, even if I met them. I can, because who's going to supervise them when I'm not there? What if they change jobs, take another job? So many things can go wrong with that. And yes, it would be as Tabitha said in her episode, the saddest thing in the world. But for me, I feel like I would know that she wouldn't be alone when it happened, which I would hope that she wouldn't anyways, but you really don't know what could happen when you're not here and you have no control. I would like to know me being there with her would bring her comfort and would make her not be afraid or be less scared. And then the next day, because that was what it was, right? One day longer. The next day when I go, I feel like I would go in peace knowing that she was okay, knowing that I would be with her again momentarily instead of wondering, because that would be the one thing in my mind, no matter how old I am, no matter how senile I am or not, like I know that would be the one thing that I'd be thinking about as I took my last breath. And I'm very fortunate that she has three siblings and they have all agreed to oversee her care. And and the plan is for her to never have to go into a home and never have to go somewhere where she doesn't know anybody. But even with the best of intentions, you never know what life will throw at you and you never know what could happen. So just doing that for that, I would choose that. I feel that to my core. Kimmy, how do you explain Alyssa's diagnosis to people? So, I mean, it really just depends on who I'm talking to. So a lot of times mm-hmm. I just say she has autism. That's usually enough. I kind of just follow the person's lead. Like if they want to know more about it, I'm happy to answer questions. I'm happy to explain things. Like if it's a child or something, I would just say, you know, 
I might say like her brain works a little bit differently and she doesn't quite understand everything. You know, that might be why she gets loud or gets upset. I try to keep it, you know, pretty simple and to the point. And sometimes I tell random people that don't even care. I don't know, like I'm going through the grocery thing or it's like blurt it out. Um, and then some people, sometimes I don't tell people at all, but I, I do tell people when it's in a situation where I can kind of see them looking and I just like, I'll just come out with it, the explanation instead of them sitting there you know, wondering what's going on or like try to clue people in with the way I talk to her and stuff like that. Like, oh, come on, honey, come over here with mama. Like that just gives people like a thing of like, okay, there's, you know, I mean, if you ever see us in a pool, she like wraps her arms around my legs, around my waist and she likes me to bounce it. So like that might look odd to like somebody who's like watching and doesn't really, um, you know, cause you really can't tell by looking. You can tell if she starts vocalizing, because obviously she'll kind of yell or like, you know, her annotations will be like up and down. But if she's not like, you know, speaking or making sounds like you can't always tell. So I'm always happy to answer questions or explain things to people because I feel like the more information people have, you know, the better it is for, for anybody who has autism or some, you know, a child on the spectrum or whatever. Absolutely. What relationships have been most impacted by your child's diagnosis? Like, I feel like this is really different for us than some people, because I don't feel like I've had a lot of relationships impacted. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact of like the age. I mean, I was 20 when I had her, 22 when she was diagnosed. So our family was always super supportive. And the family members that we don't talk to or have as much relationships now have more to do with just like growing apart, kids getting older, and other factors other things that happened in the family dynamic, not due to her autism. Yeah, there was like little things going along the way that was like frustrating. And back then people really did not have an understanding of it, but I don't feel like that really changed our relationships with our family. I feel like it maybe could have impacted potential like friendships that like I didn't necessarily have and lose, but like maybe never made because of the unique dynamic that autism had and the demands that it placed in you know, she was really tough in the early years. So, you know, we really couldn't just like be like out and about having a play date. So it could have affected potential relationships. So I don't feel like I have any relationships that like I just lost just due to her having autism. I never thought about that. Potential relationships that could have been. Yeah, like play dates and stuff, typical. Yeah, like things, you yeah, know, like neighbors, like, you know, yeah. I wasn't part, of, I wasn't part of the PTA. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't yeah. make those meetings. <laughs> You know, Kimmy, if you had a chance to build a dream center community, what would the cornerstone of your offering be? Oh my gosh. So I would definitely build, want to build a place that was geared for adults, but would be inclusive to other people as well, but someplace where adults could continue schooling. So they would still have, if appropriate, an educational portion, which they don't have in a lot of places right now. But I would also want to make it so there was life skills if that was more appropriate or both, depending on where you fall. And I don't think I would make it exclusive to autism, but where you fall in, you know, with your special needs. Um, I also would like to make it so like, it's kind of like a one-stop shop. So I like to have a lot of, I've had, I've thought about this a lot. Um, I would like it to be like, there'd be recreation, like there'd be a pool. So there'd be swim lessons and rec recreational swim. There'd be a dance room. So there'd be yoga and Zumba. There'd be a gymnasium. There'd be a kitchen. There'd be all these things that could just be, 
so useful to so many different people in the community. And I would also like to have therapies there. So I would like to have a speech therapist, an occupational therapist, a physical therapist, an ABA therapist, anything that we could possibly need would all be have access to in that one spot. And then I would like it to be open to the community for not just adults, for all those other portions. So people could come in and take advantage of the recreation, take advantage of the therapeutic parts. I mean, if we can get a doctor in there that wants to specialize with special needs, that would be great too. You know, they're there every Thursday. Yeah, just, I mean, it can just expand and expand and expand because it's so needed. I don't know, you know, realistically how much this place would cost. It'd have to be a quadrillionaire, I guess, but, um, you know, come on <laughs> people, give, give us those grants, give those, give us those grants. But it's just really hard for me having a child that's, you know, over 22, that when you really see the drop in availability of like all of those things. Yeah. Yes. All right, Kimmy, the last question. What is your biggest dream for yourself outside of your family and kids? I think I would like to write, like really write, like write a book. I think it's something I've pondered for a long time, but again, that insecurity <laughs> stops me. And this is one of the things I admire about Tabitha because when Tabitha ponders something, she just does it. Just does it. Yeah. yeah like like she just, she's I was like, just going to say, can we do it? Yes. So <laughs> I think that um, ah, I hold my own self back sometimes and I don't know why I do that in, in many different parts of my life. I do that because I overthink things. I overthink them. And then I just think about, I think about all the roadblocks, which is just kind of part of my process, which is what I do in every aspect of my life. And, you know, some of it helps me that helps me being a director to a daycare. I can go in a room and be like, mm, this isn't safe. This could happen. I see all those kind of like roadblocks first. And then eventually like I get myself to a place where I can be like, okay. And then see the positive parts. But like I sometimes never, when it's stuff for myself, I never get through the roadblocks. You know, if it yeah. was like, for an example, if like somebody was like, let's go on a cruise. I'd be like, mm, I don't know. Like there's no cell service. There's this, there's that. Somebody could go over. Like, I would just think of all the, you might get sick. Like I would think of all these things. So then eventually I'd be like, but I'd be on the ocean. We'd go to an Island. And eventually I would like come around to the positive aspects. And then I could, then I could like make my decision. But like when it's for me, I sometimes can't get past the roadblocks. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I thank can't you, wait Kimmy. to read the book. I was just listening to the meltdown after, but I just want you to know, I can't wait to read the book. I can't <laughs> wait to read. And I say, write down those roadblocks, oh. burn that shit right up. Yeah. Light it on fire. <laughs> Set <Yeah>. it free. <laughs> you should for sure write that book. I yeah, before I forget everything. <laughs> You're not old like Tabitha, so you got a little, you got a couple of years on yeah, her. Yeah, that's fine. true. That's true. Fine. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, in carrying on our tradition of gushing over the love of everyone at this table, Kimmy, you're up. Um, I'm going to start. One, I want you to know that I love every one of your personalities. Every <laughs> single one of those. I love yeah. them. This one um, that's kind of a bitch. <laughs> I love her the most, actually. Set <laughs> her off for my people. It's amazing. Also, you know, you talked about you didn't think that you gave enough or could balance the four. And I'm actually in awe of how you balance your four children. And mm -hmm. I always tell you, and you always seem so shocked by this, but we all look to you because you've been doing this journey really uh, twice as long as I have, even more. And she is such an inspiration. And yes, of course, that is her, but that is rooted in you 
you know, you've been doing this game a lot longer than we have, and you didn't have the re resources we've had, and you didn't have the support online group that we have, and, and you did all that on your own. And I'm always in awe of how you, how you did that for your girl and how you balanced yeah. it all with your children, because you have got some sassy young ladies on your hands <laughs> and they are amazing and they're powerful and they're strong because of you. Mm -hmm. I'm also in total awe of your relationship with Neil. I just think, you know, not everyone stays married. I can, most of my friends, their parents aren't married and you guys got married so young and you had so much put on you at such a young age. And I'm always in awe of that love and relationship. And for our listeners now, you know, they still get 19 minutes of some hanky panky, um, which is remarkable for anyone at that stage <laughs> of the game. You are a fierce mother, a fierce wife, a fierce sister. You are the most amazing friend in the world. I feel so lucky to have you in my corner. I know that you love me and you will protect me and my daughter. And you are one of the first people to always jump in and see how we're doing. I love you so much. I think it is just, it's an honor to be your friend. And I love you. I love, I love you. you. Kimmy, I love you so much. You were like, I was drawn to you. I mean, I became friends with Kimmy first of everyone. and it's really because like we just meshed so well and she was so easy to talk to and so willing to like give advice and talk you know in this community a lot you like ask someone about something and they like go on about themselves a lot but like immediately you were like a problem solver or like a helper and an empathizer and I just love that about you still to this day if anything's bothering me I know I can go to you immediately or wine to you. I know I can go to you the one that's like, you'll be fine. But I, and I just love you so much. And I agree with Jen. You are like the most amazing mom ever. Like you love all your kids so much. Heavens knows if we have an episode on this podcast and we don't allow her to talk about all four children, we're in trouble because she loves all her kids so much. And just watching you with your kids and your get it done spirit, even if that's like staying one more day on vacation or getting to Florida, you're going to do it. And I just <laughs> admire that about you. I don't know. There's just so many things like I, I want to be Kimmy when I grow up. Oh. I love you so much. <laughs> I love you too. Kimmy, Kimmy McIsaac. I love you so much. I will say that you truly are one of the most empathetic, understanding people on the planet. You really take and for me, like, there's been many times where you've said one line to me and it's just brought me to tears because it's things that I can't see about myself. It's things, oh, I'm going to cry. I hope it's a positive thing. That <laughs> it is. It's, it's during this, especially during this time frame, like you have a way of just spitting wisdom because you've been through it. You've made your way out the other side of this like early struggles and on continuing on with that that I think you you just have like this soft understanding of how incredibly hard and wonderful this life experience can be you know we relate in our mental health we have similar mental health struggles and I think you understand me in that way um, deeply and I know you're always thinking about all of us and you know, even the way that you you spread kindness to everyone around you in a way that isn't forced or it's just a quiet understanding that everyone feels when they're in your presence. And it sometimes doesn't even take you saying anything. 
You're just there. <laughs> you give Chris, a my ego is gonna be like this one. <laughs> Kimmy is. She literally is when you hear someone say a warm hug. Yeah, like oh, you yeah. are comforting. Yes, like yes. comforting. Yeah, and when you're in the darkest place that you can't, you feel like you can't make it out the other side. You know, like seeing your face sometimes is just enough. So, Aww. I love you. I love you. And, and, your right, a spirit, and your daughter is a spirit animal to my daughter. So. Yes, they are kindred spirits, those That's two true. born in different decades. But yes, they are Watch very, out, ladies. very, very similar. I just think anyone who gets to share in your love and who gets in that inner circle is a lucky human being. And just, Aww. I really do. So love you. You guys are the sweetest. All right, here comes Rachel Flanagan. So get those tissues really ready uh-huh. now. <laughs> Listen, I want you to know that the love that you have is really the love that you are. And you just emote such a genuine nurture. For me, I get the Kimmy from Southie sometimes if I'm having big feelings. Sometimes I get the Kimmy that's like this big nurture hug that the girls are talking about. Sometimes I get this like, are you done yet, Rachel? Uh <laughs> sometimes like there's just so many parts of the way that you're going to enter a situation or help me as a bud through all these things and I never know what's going to (laughs) happen when I call a Kimmy McIsaac but I do know it's going to be exactly what I need and it has been such an honor now assuming I'm in this damn circle that you keep threatening we might not be a part of I want to let you know that your level of ride or die um, brings me a great deal of comfort. And, and I feel like you've helped me to better my game and the confident walk that you take through this journey. I know your insecurities, like prior to the answer number, question number nine, I know a lot of your insecurities, but just the way that you plow through when you need to is inspiring and motivating and um, it's just my honor to be your pal. I just love you so much. I want to make sure I'm in that damn circle. Um, <laughs> I want to roll with you. I'd buy Christmas trees with you. I would. I do. Oh my gosh. I do have to say that as well. Kimmy McIsaac has the best one-liners of all <laughs> freaking time. I don't know where they come from, but. So it's like that Irish wit. There's some like so funny with paired with the accent. It's just a magic hour. Magic. I mean, don't even start with me in the accent. I gotta Kim. (laughs) It's like honestly, I know that all of us feel we're McIsaacs in a certain way, not just because we spend so much time in your living room, but because you've taught your family to embrace. And we're I'm just so grateful. We're all just so grateful to be yours. And I can tell you, if you want an honest answer, you go to Kimmy, because if you ask her something, she's not going to tell you what you want to hear. She's going to tell you what she thinks. (laughs) Don't ask me directly. (laughs) (laughs) Recently, so one of my favorite Kimmy Isaac moments that probably not everybody knows is that we were in the, before our live podcast, we like separated off into groups to do our little parts of the live thing, recording. And I was with Kim and in our planning meeting at one point, she said no period to me. And there's only one other person that's really brought such a stance to our relationship (laughs) with such gusto. And I I have to say, like, I just sat there and took it like a little because I said, I meant, no, I don't think that's a good idea. 
<laughs> after the hard no but it was with conviction and all i could do the best idea all and I not many people can leave rachel flanagan speechless let me be Did very clear say no period and then i can picture her like rolling back laughing like she just did anyways it is my honor, even if we've had that one fight. I just want you to know I love it you. It was one-sided. Julie, <laughs> wasn't a fight, asshole. You were just wrong. You were just wrong, yeah. <laughs> the answer was just no. <laughs> it's actually not even up for debate. It's just no. No, I clarified and said, no, I don't think that's a good idea. That's what I meant to say. The clarification was even better, Kimmy. You <laughs> kept on going with that no and we were why it was happening. We were brainstorming for the family feud game. <laughs> Still mad about it. Oh my gosh. I, well, everyone, I accept defeat. I can like be a little stubborn. I, I will be the first to admit it. Kimmy's as flexible as me. So it's a great, great combo. <laughs> great combo. <laughs> we just need a little time to process, Jen. That's all. Yeah, that's all. We just we need have a little lots time. Of little time. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today to get to know our amazing Kimmy McIsaac at the table. Uh, yes, it's her own questions. Her own questions. Uh, up next is Jamie Ramos. So join us next time. Thanks, Yay. everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us at the table for this episode of the Table for Five No Reservations podcast. Big thank you to all of our supporters. If you would like to become a supporter, please check out the description of this episode where you will also find episode information, how to sign up for our newsletter, and find links to us individually. Join us next Monday for more. And while you wait, check out our content on Facebook and Instagram. If you are enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and rate and review us wherever you listen. To contact us, you can email us at tableforfivepodcast.com at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. Can't wait to sit with you again.